0: Amigos is a proud member of the Throwback Network, your home for quality retro podcasts. And now, here are your hosts, Aaron Dowdy and John Bodokar schaller Hey everybody, welcome to Amigos, I'm John. And I'm Aaron. And today we're going to talk about R-Type and R-Type 2. R-Type again. R-Type um, again. That was the working title. Oh wow, they should have went with that one. We're going to start with some feedback this week, Aaron. Okay. And uh, we're going to hear from Laurent Giroux. Okay. Are you familiar with
1: our pal Laurent? I have had words with Mr. Laurent Giroux. Uh, It's funny. I can't call him Mr. Giroux because I I can't pronounce one without the other. It's
0: true. You know? Um, He was a game dev back in the day. And so he has lots of interesting perspectives. I love it. Um, But he has some feedback on our Sly Spy episode. Wow. That's yeah.
1: I have no idea when we did that. He I,
0: says, I am way less tolerant to the Sly Spy version, Amiga version, than you guys seem to be. Uh, he shares oh, your Sly opinion. Oh, Sly Spy. I was thinking Guy Spy. I misheard you. Sorry. What is Guy Spy?
1: We didn't even... Did we ever do Guy Spy? It's... A, it, it's I was thinking about ready, soft, carry on. Okay, a sly spy. Okay, go ahead. So he
0: agrees with with you that the uh, the monster HUD is both unnecessary and ungraceful. Yes, um, correct. And he says that it's for a very specific reason. You want to take a, a, a guess at what that is? Um, I'm sure it's performance-based. No, it's not. Laziness? It's laziness uh, because this was the port of the ST version of the game. Okay. Okay? So the reason for the big HUD is uh, is basically speed. Since the ST doesn't benefit from any hardware scrolling assistance, the graphics must be copied manually by the CPU when scrolling. This implies that the bigger the surface area to scroll, the slower the game will be, which is why for many scrolling ST games, the scrolling area is usually made as small as possible, thus encouraging the presence of very large HUDs.
1: No kidding. So I knew that, I would read that this was a... they were pretty sure this was a port from the ST. Mm-hmm. So that's why we got some of these huds. They're ports from the ST and the ST's a lower performing machine when it comes right, to scrolling. Right. And what so, a kick in the pants. And
0: so that's why um, that's why games like Battle Squatter and Swift, they don't have that hud because they were original Amiga ports. They weren't mm. ported from the ST.
1: That is irritating. Laurent's right.
0: Here's another little tidbit that Laurent says. Right. Um, it says, this is another thing that betrays the ST origins of the port. The ST version benefits from parallax scrolling in the bike section, which the Amiga does not have. All right. Why? Because the ST CPU is clocked slightly higher than the Amiga's, which gives it enough oomph needed to draw that small parallax layer. Hmm. All right. So, I guess the Amiga had the up with the coprocessor. But the, uh, the the clock speed and the ST was just a... That, take is, that is
1: good feedback it from is. Laurent.
0: So thank you, Laurent. Nice job. Yeah. Um, little update on our iTunes uh, magnet giveaway. It's a big update, isn't it? I mean, We've got uh, several new submissions, so we thank you. We're going to run this contest one more week. So if you have not yet gone to iTunes, the iTunes store in your country, and left us a review, uh, please do it, and you have a chance to win... An Amigos Magnet. And we'll be giving out several of these. We're not going to be stingy with the magnets.
1: Something that probably shouldn't be sitting that close to electronics in retrospect.
0: Oh, you
1: know. Hey, now, I mean, we... That we found out we learned about itunes reviews. we did so that's something that's important yeah sort of.
0: aaron and i were looking at the the itunes we we're like man nobody like is two. leaving us reviews what's going on and one yeah. of them was chad's yeah amigo chad we were
1: no one liked us at all yeah I was like, man, this is sad and
0: so but what thanks to the help of our uh brain trust especially chris folds the who international is a, brain trust, yeah thankfully who is a uh a, a app developer in his own right he said that uh, each store, each iTunes store, has its own reviews. So if you go to the UK store, you only see UK reviews. Uh, I found a service that provides us with an email once a week of all of our international iTunes reviews so we can monitor all of them. And thank you to all of you that have left us reviews so far. We really appreciate it. We're doing
1: it. way better overseas. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, uh,
0: of course, that was never under any doubt. You know, we've always been a, a continental podcast it's very
1: strange isn't it two hurricane west virginia boys it is it's a weird (laughs) thing for sure people that listen to us are all european yeah it's a eurocentric Eurocentric machine people in europe want to hear it what can you do that's weird man all right
0: let's move on to the amiga news of the week all
1: right breaking news by the way i haven't even put this up on the google plus page yet but i just saw it pop onto indiretronews.com which is one of our favorite sites i believe we're ending it. This was it was it this week month side of the month or last month's side of the month. It was one of I might be the first month, we, we love these guys. So, Amiga J, the uh the the man, the myth, the legend has culled together another Amiga CD32 collection. And this one near and dear to my heart, it's the Don Bluth laser disc collection. Um this one is packed. Packed with good stuff. Sorta which I'll elaborate. So you've got uh, Dragon's Lair and Escape from Census Castle, which were sort of... At, the second one was an add-on to the first one, but it's basically the cumulative work is Dragon's Lair one Mm-hmm. Then you've got Dragon's Lair 2, Dragon's Lair 3, which is kind of a long story, Space Ace and Space Ace 2, and Space Ace 2 is a lot like... You know, there's more stuff for Space Ace. Um, so that's a good collection. Um, uh, I think Guy Spy is on there as well. <laughs> Which we just, that's why when you said that, I was like, oh, Guy Spy.
0: Now, what is the plot of Guy Spy? It's
1: another sort of a laserdisc game, but it's a, there's a little more, it's hard to explain. It was, Ready Soft made it. I love, uh, I love the, the Laserdisc stuff. Like I said, I always said that I would get whatever console came first with a competent port of Dragon's Lair. And really, the Amiga was the one that I saw before I saw any of the other ones. I was just like, wow, they did it. Mm-hmm. They did it. Uh, and it was a playable version, it was slow, It was the interface was goofy, uh, and the copy protection, yoi! I mean, that's why I had to buy the originals, and there was no easy task back in those days, but it, it was worth it. But uh, that's a cool collection, so that'll be fun. And uh, what, uh, Amiga J, is, his stuff's always really good. Uh, so, stuff that we've put up this month. Now, this, this is the tip-top story. I, I couldn't wait to talk about this. So last week we talked about the uh, those wacky I think it was Italians uh, who had uh, uh, said that they had came up with a uh, a deal with Cloanto to make the Amiga Mini, right? We were very interested in this, specifically because as we mentioned Cloanto is your hookup. You you're pretty much going to all all paths lead to Cloanto when it comes to doing Amiga Uh, an Amiga Mini uh, because of the fact that they hold the Kickstart copyrights and they own a bunch of the Amiga trademarks. Mm -hmm. Well, apparently this deal had one small flaw in it, and the deal was no one had told Cloanto (laughs) because they vigorously denied this uh, statement and said the first they'd heard of it were in some Italian uh, magazines and that they had not struck a deal with anyone. So... I can't say that I'm not surprised. Mm-hmm. That said, I am disappointed. Um, I think the it, the interest that's generated, m- hopefully, will not fall on deaf ears. Uh, I still think there's an absolutely, there's a market for a, uh, uh, some sort of Amiga-based, you know, game-playing device, sort of like the Super Nintendo Mini Uh I think it's I think everything they need's there except for the manufacturing. If Clowanto can can cobble something together, make a few deals—not even not that many, but just a few—they've got all those inroads. They've been on the Amiga since you know forever. I think they're probably the ones that if I was if I worked at Cloanto, I would hook up with someone that did manufacturing and make it happen. That's just me. Now Cloanto may be fine with what they're doing, but hey, that's a big chunk of pie sitting out there. A lot of people aren't going to mess around with software. Like I mean, and if you're going to get into the Amiga emulation scene, Amigafir is probably the way to go. They know that. But most people aren't going to, you know, Uncle Bill is not going to hop on the computer and download that and do it. But Uncle Bill will hook up the HDMI connector and play games like that mm-hmm. that's your market, right? So I think that... You know, I, I'm not saying it's not going to happen, but this is looks like a strikeout on this one. Yeah, I think, think
0: I think that the the money has got to be right. They've got a Cloanto is going to want the lion's share of whatever profit this thing generates. Well, you know, probably <laughs> rightfully so, because without Cloanto's blessing, all you've got is a hunk of plastic. Yeah. So, and it's going to be hard. I think they're going to have a hard time finding a uh, a, a bargaining uh, partner.
1: I think the technology's out there, right? To produce a cheap marketable functional device okay yeah it's, it's there and I'm talking sub $100 device okay you can't go over that mark mm-hmm. or anyway that maybe be a little high but um, if you put say 30 games on or didn't say the C64 has 64 games mm-hmm. that's probably ambitious but let's say you get 40 on there all right and again like we talked about last time uh, uh, get some quick and dirty stuff from the old CD32 collection. Maybe add a few extra things. You got to put out a couple of decent game pads. Wham, bam, bob's your uncle. It's not that difficult. I mean, you can get a cool case manufactured, and you can, and you know how much that'll cost a few bucks. But I mean, they can make it happen because they can order in bulk. Uh, but you uh, know, you know, it may never happen. But I'm yeah, hoping to it me,
0: does. if you made something that looked like an Amiga 500 that was this shape that had a functioning keyboard. I mean this keyboard cost 10 bucks. So I mean the keyboard itself and getting it to interface cuz what it is it essentially is just adding an extra, you know, Raspberry Pi like device inside of a keyboard. To me, you should be able to do that fairly cheaply.
1: You, I agree. I mean it
0: it's just a question of how much Cluanto wants to mark it know, up so they can make can here, make. The way I look at it is money. this,
1: we we've seen that, you know, we we and we mocked it. They've got that little mock-up on there, which is the Raspberry Pi in, mm-hmm. in the in the guy in the homemade case, All right. Flashback five years ago, right? where not everyone had a 3D printer. You'd be like, holy crap! That's look awesome. at this, yeah. right? Now you're like, oh, I've seen that. I'm, mm-hmm. a, I'm, a, I'm a. it wouldn't take much more right. than that. The, the Pi is actually probably overpowered. You could probably use one of the little offshoots, the mm-hmm. cheaper ones, like mm-hmm. a Pi Zero type thing, right? Uh, uh, and then, I mean, it's a cheap. But the, what will cost is going to be the joystick and the power adapter mm-hmm. and, and and maybe the cabling. It's not going to be that expensive to do. Uh, it all comes down to who programs it. And there, there are plenty of people out there that could put the program together to make it work. Hey, call up Amiga J. Right. This guy's a machine, right? right? So anyway, I thought that was interesting, but it looks like the that's, the kibosh has been put on the Amiga Mini for now. Cool. We'll We'll find out. That came in from Chris Folds. What else you got? Um, I want to reiterate that we are still running the uh, Amigo Challenge 4, Turrican 2, best score with your first life. Uh, there are instructions in the forums to uh, get you set up and tell you where to send your video uh, submission. And that is everythingamiga.com slash forums. That's right. Uh, it is the 27th. It's a cutoff date. And I'm going to pull together whatever I've got and we will uh, it, uh, talk about the winners. So if you're even if you stink at it, just do it. We'll put your name. We'll put your name up there with the rest of those. Surely you can beat me and him. Our Turk and skills that rival are rival our R type skills. <laughs> uh, this is another one. Chris Folds, another great great man. He sent us uh, a, a submission that I, I I literally fell out of my chair. You knew what I was talking about, didn't you? An Odyssey Two game has been ported over to the Amiga. I love it. I love it. Good God Almighty, I love it. The game is called Killer Bees. This was like one of the top titles on the on the uh, Odyssey Two. Mm-hmm. And, and when I say that, I mean was it one of the top selling games? I don't know, but it's one that people that play the system are like, hey, this is a pretty fun game. Uh, I've not tried this yet, but I'm telling you, this week I'll be trying it, and it, I mean, and it's going to be great. And boy, I, <laughs> I, I I I'd like to see more um, uh, Odyssey Two stuff ported over. There's some good stuff in there, you know. I mean, again, it's simple stuff. It's neat that the Amiga can play this so well, and it's, uh, you know. Does it bring you back to the Odyssey Two days, your glory days? A bit, you know. And I was talk. I sent sort a of message over to Earl. Uh, 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 the the, uh, the Odyssey Two the select game yeah, podcast. Uh, I was trying. I couldn't get that out of my head. Mm-hmm. The select game podcast because I listen to Earl's uh, Odyssey Two show. And I told him like now it's time now you can get some of that Amiga coverage in there, because uh, and I get to cover some Odyssey too, and have and, and it, it makes sense, I right. <laughs> so love it, right? Uh, so if you've tried this, drop us a line, tell us what you think, and uh, I'm going to give that a whirl. This Does week. it
0: run this fast on the on the
1: Odyssey? Gosh, it's been so long. You know we'll have to do a compare video, yeah. but yeah. we'll have the only one. Right? We could do it. We could do it with the real hardware. Um, I think I know. Uh, I saw the company release a game, uh, yesterday right before I. Uh, went to bed. I, I think it was a one of their games they released in in Polish. So that's uh, that's when you want to check on. Just go over to the company's webpage. I think it's thecompany.pl in the booth. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'll put a link up uh, this, this evening when I get home. Uh, but to uh, so the company, they're really rocking and rolling. Man, it's good to see those guys back. Too. I'm a, I know it. I know it. You know they're they're the best. Uh, so. Uh if you are in Poland and you're <laughs> looking for this game to be released. I wish I can remember what the name of the game was, but I just caught a, I just caught a glimpse of it as I rolled out the door. Uh but that's all I've got. I guess before you get into the site stuff, I'll talk about some of the stuff we released this week that was okay. non Amiga related just briefly. Uh me and Boat were at it again Sunday, this was a mixed bag session because we had a couple of duds that we could I had trouble with some of my equipment. Uh that's what she said. And uh uh so we didn't get as much as we'd hoped, but we did get some stuff in, and we released uh, me and Boat in a, in a very pathetic attempt to play WWF No Mercy on the N64. That, that came out, uh, I think it was two days ago. And we've got uh, some other stuff related to this week's uh, show that we'll be putting up uh, in the next day or so, uh, and so look for those. Uh, me and Boat playing R-Type on the Amiga and... The arcade version and with very similar results i might add <laughs> uh, but uh, i've learned a little bit since that but uh man that was a bad rough day yeah, yeah. so we'll try that again next time so the uh, sometimes amiga studios east has hiccups just like amiga studios west does uh, yeah, yeah but uh, what do you got for site news bro? all right well we it was a little bit quiet on the site this week uh
0: biggest story was dream put up an article on one of probably the best uh games on the system to be honest with you we really liked this didn't we yeah, yeah. um this is rough and tumble and uh this is a it's sort of uh, amiga's answer to metal slug that's the way that i see it yeah um it's, i hadn't it, thought about that at the time but you're right yeah, yeah. um this was a late release for the amiga in 94 <laughs> um and it's uh it's just one of the the best looking games of course dreamcatch has got his signature uh, style where he rolls in a bunch of different things. Um, so make sure you check out this article and play this game if you haven't, because it's 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 a beautiful game.
1: That was a fun game. I, I, I Actually, that was one of the bigger surprises we had. And did, we, did we do that? Was that after episode 100 or right before it? I can't remember.
0: I think that that was, I think we played it some during the marathon. Did we? Yeah. So it would have been probably the 90s.
1: No, we did, the, no, like, we, did the,
0: we did the marathon after episode 100.
1: I know. That's what I'm saying. So we probably rough and tumble somewhere in the 90s. yeah. 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 We need a score sheet to keep track of this. We've done so many. I I, uh, I was listening to the uh, uh, Shinto's uh, Jaguar podcast this week, and he was talking about brutal sports football. And I was like, brutal sports football, that sounds pretty fun. We ought to do that for the show. And it, after he started talking about it, I was like, man, that sounds awful for me. We did that. that we was did like that already. Episode
0: 62.
1: Oh, you remember the episode? no. no oh, I was, I was, I was so up. impressed. No. About, holy smokes. What else you got? Anything else cooking? That,
0: that's all the site updates this week.
1: All right. It's time for Aaron's uh, wacky price challenge. <laughs> okay. All right. So that wacky um, batch of stuff that I picked up from uh, that lady when I went on my trip to get the Amiga and the uh, the Mac. And mm-hmm. so it also came with a bunch of these crazy old magazine price guides. Like this one is called Tenix. All right. This was the everything book for the Commodore and Amiga computers. It was like it's a it's a catalog. Summer now this is important. Summer of nineteen ninety three. By the way, they charged for this catalog three and a half bucks for this wow. catalog. that's audacious, it isn't is. it? Taking you pay for their catalog. So just for fun, just for a few minutes, I'm going to go over a couple of these items and I'm just try to guess what they were going for back okay. in in, okay. in the summer of ninety. I'm ready. And you at home, especially if you're overseas, uh, you know get google ready and yeah, get your you can, you uh, currency because this stuff's in US dollars. Yeah. So, right out of the gate, this was the first thing I saw and I was like I'm gonna, I am going to I want a quiz boat here. So, right over here we've got a uh, uh, we've got an Amiga 600, right? Now, this is plain Jane, it doesn't come with jack squat, okay? Uh, just straight up Ninety in, in 1993, what do you figure the 600 was going for in the US? I'd say 399. You're you're actually close. it was 299 oh, okay okay now I always wanted a, a 600 you know in the last say 15 years but mm-hmm. when they came out no one wanted these things and no one wanted to they fool them, them at them all no AGA chips that meant no no buy right you know? so I've got here uh, an, the uh, Amiga 1200 I would love to quiz you on that but they've got down here the price you have to call them yeah call for price that call old gig for eh? price So I saw something else here I thought was interesting. They've got here, and this, I swear, I've I've never seen one of these, but i would seen it in the magazines. It's a CD-ROM for the A500, okay, the A500. Okay, so a sidecar deal. That's a sidecar deal. Um, So they've got the disc here. It's it's a disc caddy. You can see it at home there. So, what do you figure? Just that drive was going for? Now, keep in mind, right now you can go out and get a CD-ROM for what, five bucks?
0: Oh, you, you, people yeah. literally can't give them away. That's right, but this um, is ninety-three. So. Ninety-three? I'd say that's I'd say that's a solid five ninety-nine. No, you're way off. Of Two
1: nineteen. Two nineteen. Much more reasonable. That's
0: much more reasonable. Than I thought I thought that CD-ROMs at that time were going for disk drive prices in the in
1: and, the early eighties. Now, this right here is as timely and as as uh, appropriate as anything we could find here. This is the if you'll recall, we have the House 500, right? The Amiga 500. We beat this thing down. Mm-hmm. We put a new case on it. We we showered it with love. It also has a Supra Data Flyer Express on it. You'll recall right. this, right? yeah. So we have the Supra Data Flyer Express that has the SCSI and the IDE, both. right? We we're very fortunate to get this, right? Very rare, very rare. They have that in this magazine right here. They have the price right here. So, what do you think? The now this is no drive, mind you. This is just the Supra Data Flyer Express, the SCSI, and the IDE.
0: So, just to refresh my memory on what this thing is, this is basically a hard drive interface, an external hard drive interface for the the Amiga.
1: That's right, and also does it come with the extra RAM like yours? No, does? no, okay. you have to you're, you got to get you have to buy you got a RAM come separately. And I'll tell you, the, the a one meg of RAM for this thing, forty five bucks. Okay, for a meg. <laughs> Mega I'd say so how much how much do you figure the one that has the SCSI and the IDE what do you figure that was going for back in the day I think 99 bucks okay no, 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 200 bucks wow this thing is going for that's a pretty that's a pretty good ch- I mean, these things were at price and yeah. also SCSI and IDE but I
0: mean why would you want both
1: more options or uh, maybe you wanted to have a hard drive and you were going to hook up a CD-ROM okay a lot of CD-ROMs back in those days were um, scuzzy, you know. So were they? Yeah. Really? Oh yeah. SCSI, I've never seen a scuzzy SCSI CD-ROM. SCSI before. was a bigger deal oh, back I, in the day. I believe you. You know, it's not any deal now. It's, yeah. it's not a deal at all. It's funny to look through these books and you see all the old crazy hand scanners. I mean, did you ever play with those hand digitizers?
0: Uh, a little bit, but they're always terrible. I, I don't. I don't have a steady hand.
1: You know, my buddy the Chud, the Chadster, shout out to Chad, uh, had a he bought one of these hand digitizers, mm-hmm. right? Now, if you're not familiar with these, y'all, you uh, you put your page down, right, and then you took the scanner, and it was sort of like uh, you could put your hand over this, but the front part was larger than your hand, mm-hmm. and you would s- slowly scan your stuff, right, like moving like it down the, the, the page. That's yeah. right, except it's way slower, mm-hmm. right? Like you're painting with like tar. <laughs> And then it would come up on the screen, and you'd save it. And he got this thing, and I was like, "Holy smokes! Is this? It was this black and white, of mm-hmm. course. This was the coolest thing I'd ever seen." Like and this
0: a, was before flatbed scanners were really prevalent, that's, right?
1: Oh yeah, mm-hmm. way before. That. I mean, they—I think flatbed scanners. By the way, that's something else that was a lot more scuzzy, believe mm-hmm. it or not. Uh, flatbed scanners were around, but you're talking a zillion dollars, right? These are much more reasonable. And I, I remember him coming down to my apartment. This would have been in '90. Ninety three or ninety four or ninety three and I'm taking that scanner and scanning comic books with it. Mm. I'm just like, man, I'm gonna be the king of the BBS because you could take these graphics and you could I remember even colorizing them. Oh wow. You know You were inking. Well I mean with the computer. I was using, you know, whatever horrible paint program that was on DOS <laughs> you know. I might have been using the Amiga. But uh, You I mean, didn't uh, get any job offers from Marvel when they saw your work. No, man, i prayed legal <laughs> threats. Like, what are you doing? you're, you're killing us here. But so those were a lot of fun, and then uh, uh, anytime I see a modem, you know, I've had a lot of people talking to me about getting back, getting the amigo online. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of different ways to do it now, and I they say I can go back. I'm not sure I can or not, but I may, I may give it, I may give it a whirl, you know, just if, if the, once the price comes down a little bit. Um, so you did pretty good on the price challenge. Well, thank bad. you,
0: thank you. I'm going to pick something at random. Are you and now it's time for you. me to be challenged. Yep, yep. They've
1: got C64 stuff in there as well. Okay. I want
0: to pick something that you really will like. Okay. So this is um, this is the designer's pencil. Okay. Okay. So this is a um, this is sort of like do you remember the the thing on the old computers, the light pen?
1: Yes. I, I do. think
0: that that's what this is. Okay, I'm going to read you the uh, the thing here. It says, "Simply plug in this cartridge and let the creativity flow."
1: So this is a C64 thing. Uh, yes. Okay.
0: Um, this program uses a special new programming technique <laughs> called PROG, Pro- Pro- <laughs> creative name it's called PROG, uh, <laughs> to allow you to program pictures on the screen. Have fun, Leonardo. Includes demo art. So I don't even think That's this is offensive. This is just, this is just a cartridge. Well, h-
1: how I,
0: much? How much was it? How much was it? How, how much do you think this so cartridge? No, is all going this for? is a cartridge. Yeah,
1: it can't be that much. Th- th- Thirty-five bucks.
0: Nine ninety-nine, even less than you thought.
1: Oh, nine. Okay, yeah, $9. not nine hundred
0: ninety-nine dollars. You know, do
1: you remember? Do you remember koala pads? Yeah,
0: yeah, we had those in elementary school.
1: We, um, my buddy, I think Brent maybe even had one, and you could draw on them. Yeah, you know, if you're if you're not familiar with it, was a flat thingy. With like, a, I believe it had a, uh, a stylus sort of a, of a deal on it, right? It was like a full-size pencil. Mm-hmm. It wasn't like as small as a stylus, and you could draw, and it would... Now, those were pretty pretty snazzy.
0: Oh, yeah, now, yeah.
1: Again, shout-out to my buddy, Chad. He had this thing that was a... And he used this for a mouse for years, and I was relentlessly making fun of it for it, because this is... Picture, like, a, a, a square almost as big as this table, which, is, you know... Let's say two, two, two and a half foot by two and a half foot square, and then so he had this thing hooked up to his computer, and then he had a little uh, pointer pointing device or a little mover that was a, it was about a uh, six inches long, and it had a little cross hairs and a little plastic circle, and it had four different colored little buttons on it, and you moved it around this pad, and he used and it was for surely it was for architectural work or mm-hmm. something like that, but he used it as a mouse. So this thing would take up, this thing would, and this thing would take up like half his death. It was huge. And, and you can't set stuff on it because Man. it won't work, you know. And so this thing, I kept laughing. I mean, for years he had this thing, like a decade. Mm-hmm. Right? And I kept saying, why don't you just get a mouth? Well, you know, I like them kind of quirky, blah, blah, blah. So he, he had a fire, okay. It burned up a ton of stuff in his room. And that, that is a whole other story about this fire that he was involved in. And I, I thought, well, at least he's finally gotten rid of that stupid thing. No, the thing remained unscathed. It's impervious to fire. And so finally I was like, Listen, you've got to get rid of the stupid thing. And he finally and like I mean, it was probably nineteen ninety seven or ninety eight wow. he finally gave up on this thing. But for years he had this thing.
0: You know, that just reinforces my opinion that we've got to get Wilcox on the show. Yeah.
1: He'd yeah. fit right in. Yeah. He, he, he this was a he he was the king of the wacky peripherals. <laughs> he had a he had a case. I'll never forget this. He had a case that was called the Eliminator Class Case, right? (laughs) Because he was into this, he was really into cases. And it was this huge PC case. It was probably three times the size of it. It was like a board cube. Mm -hmm. And to put your motherboard in it, you had to take out two power supplies just to get it in there. It didn't have an opening. (laughs) And I remember him putting it together, and then once he got his motherboard in, he realized it wouldn't fit. So he had to make all kinds of these modifications for this thing. It was so huge. Oh, man. It was great. It was. A, I used to make fun of that Illuminator class case. I mean, his computer rig would take up a whole room between that case and that and that uh, mouse thing he had. It was, like, it was like 15 foot of computer space, wasted.
0: <laughs> oh, man. Well, we put it off long enough, Back in them days. It's yeah. time
1: to talk R-Type. R-Type. Well... Let's go ahead and talk about R-Type. So, (coughs) R-Type was a uh, nutty little game, released on the Amiga in 89. So, uh, this game came on one disc, pretty impressive, and it was developed by Factor 5, uh, Slash Rainbow Arts. Now, what do you remember about Factor 5, But We've actually covered several of their games. Can you name any of them? Turrican, definitely. Yes, right. And what else? Factor 5. They one, didn't... one more prominent game. Uh, at least we thought it was pretty prominent.
0: Was it Micro League Wrestling?
1: <laughs> I, no. no. I, know, I know I'll kick BC myself BC Kid. BC Kid. That's right. That's BC right. BC Kid. So uh, uh, it was based on a game, uh, an arcade game from an outfit called Irem. Mm-hmm. Right? Irem, yep. Now, Irem had a bunch. This was licensed from them. They had a, several Irem games. Ten-yard fight Irem game. The Warriors. On the Amiga, they had a game. And they ha- Iron must have some kind of weird, uh, they're a strange company, because I, I don't understand some of the stuff. I looked at what they had that was on the Amiga, and this is what came up. And I'll explain this to them. maybe you can. So you got the R-Types, right? you got Ninja Spirit, Mr. Helly, mm-hmm. Vigilante, right? Dragon Breed, and then it spit up Ghouls and Ghosts. Now, how how is IRim had nothing to do with? Did they have anything to do with Ghouls and Ghosts? Ooh, yeah, I don't get that. Yeah, I, maybe that's a typo. It could be because I think Ghouls and Ghosts that that's is. A, it's a Capcom joint. Yeah, join, Capcom. Isn't it? Uh, but uh, uh, so, but anyway, so they had a, they had some stuff on the Amiga. So, and this was the, just published by Activision in the U.S. and and Electronic Dreams in the rest of the world. So, this was converted to like a million things. This is. Pr- well, before we get into this, let's stare. This is one of the all-time popular classic shooters, right? When you say? Yeah. Uh, I would put it in the same vein as, say, uh, a Contra was for that in, in that genre. Was, I mean, it's like it's like the old-school king of its genre.
0: Well, I would compare it more with like Gradius. I'm not comparing. Or, I'm just saying it's, it's
1: stature and gameplay. Life gaming.
0: Force. I mean, we're talking about classic vertical, or I'm sorry, horizontal shooters. Right. Um, yeah, it's it's among the legends. So for listen sure.
1: to this lineup of. Ports for this thing, you know. Get, grab a cup of coffee, right? So you got the Amstrad, the whole family. Everyone got one, right? The Atari ST, the C64, the 128, the MSX, uh, the PC Engine slash Turbo Graphics. They now Turbo Graphics had, I think, two versions. They had one that was on the hue cards, that was two hue cards, and then they had, a, I think, they came out with a CD version as well. Uh, the NEC PC. Uh, that was that would have been the turbo So that's the CD one. So you got the Game Boy, the Game Boy Virtual Console it's on all those. that's one of the first games they ever, always release on these things. the Master System, the sharp a- uh, X6800 thousand, Sinclair ZX Spectrum, and the PlayStation had one. And then it was also released on like a compilation disc for or a, like a downloadable you know classics mm-hmm. thing for the PlayStation and also I think it's on the 360 too. so it's been on everything. Uh, it uh, uh, is one of the all-time great games. And I guess it's super popular overseas. Now, we were talking about this when We did our, the playthrough. Uh, as popular as this game is, and I knew about it. Right? I don't remember anyone ever telling me, "Man, I love that R-Type." I don't. Was it that popular over here? Do you think? Do you remember? Because this was a, this was a game that had was. I mean, you hear about it all the time in lists of classics. But I mean, I don't remember anyone that said, "Boy, I love that R-Type." That's, I don't remember. Well. My my experience is clouded
0: because so much of it was filtered through arcade ports that came to the NES. Yeah. And this game had no NES. Now, Super R-Type came to the Super Nintendo. Right. But, um, but yeah, I remember reading about it in Nintendo Power, but none of my friends were really into it.
1: Right, right. So, yeah. I remember this, sadly, I remember this being in the arcade, too. But it was one of those games that I would pull, try once, I would get killed before the comp- coin hit the end of the box that it fell in, then I'd be like, well, screw with that. Mm-hmm. So, the gimmick in this game is that you're you're a... Uh, well, the plot, anyway. You're trying to uh, defend humanity against an alien life form known as Bido. 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 Uh, that's basically all the story you're going to get. Because, in <laughs> essence, you're a little ship that flies uh, from left to right and shoots stuff. Mm-hmm. Right? Right. Um, this game, however, and I will say this is one place that... I have to give it credit. Now, we've seen a ton of games like this, and the Amiga has a cho- I was just chock full of like menace and blood money, and we've you know, we've covered some. Um, before we started reviewing this, I had played this game totally wrong for years, for years and years on the Amiga, because I had it, and I could never get nowhere. And I sucked. The uh, secret to this game is the Force. Right? Uh, in this game, you can pick up multiple power-ups okay that's sort of its gimmick uh and one of the gimmicks you get is this little uh, glowing ball that's hooked to, uh, that that floats independently of your ship uh, and it's called the force Right, and you can send this thing it'll go out and shoot on its own it'll also just ram in the stuff and and kill stuff right you can also push your ship to it and hook it onto the ship you can hook it on the front of the ship or the back of the ship all right. And when it's on the ship, it makes that part of your ship basically invulnerable to uh, bullets. And it'll also, if you ram that part of the ship into stuff, it'll damage it, provided you aren't touching the rest of your ship with it. All right. And you can also separate it from your ship again and send it back out to do stuff. So it's, a, it, and it, it's going to take some more explaining, but that's the gist of it. So all the years I played this, I never realized, uh, and I wasn't going to make the same mistake I did when we reviewed... I think it was superstar does, oh, yeah. and I didn't know all the controls. Yeah. I'll never forget that. I felt like such a jerk. Um, the uh, this game has it has a keyboard command, and it's a space bar. If you hit the space bar, the uh, uh, the 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 little thing will separate, and you can, and you it'll go do its thing, and you can bring it back. It's vital in this game to have a, a mastery of that little device, because there are plenty of c- scenarios that you're going to encounter. Where you're going to be needing firepower or indestructibility from or from one side or the other of your ship, there's also many a boss battle where you have to have this thing like connected to you in some way to give you an advantage to kill something quickly, mm-hmm. right? Uh, this little this little tidbit separates this game from most other games, certainly of that time period, uh, where most of them were just standard, you know, go and shoot stuff and drop a bomb that sort of stuff. Uh, it gives this game a lot more flavor. For me uh what what about you before we get into the negative stuff what did you think about what do you think about the overall gameplay and the overall concept behind it
0: yeah i i tend to agree i think that the, the power-up system makes this game uh unique um the i think that the enemies are also uniquely drawn like sometimes you're wondering like what is that thing but everything seems to be drawn with care um, and of course, that's more of the feature of the arcade game since this is a port than than the than the actual port itself. But the uh, the port itself is, I think, very accurate to the arcade. The arcade has a little bit higher resolution, but that's to be expected. Uh, the uh, it seemed to me
1: that the arcade version actually played a little bit slower. Did you find that too? It's funny you should mention that because I yes, I I, I have to agree with you on that. Um, <clears throat> the really the main differences between the Amiga version, of this and like the arcade version, sir. The background uh, in some areas isn't as detailed. You know, like doesn't have that background layer, um, and some of the enemies are a little different, right? Uh, but it's like a boss enemy. But it, I think it does play a bit quicker uh, on the on 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 the Amiga version. Plus, um, any faults that I found in the Amiga version, or things I didn't like, or just I'm not even calling them faults, stuff that made it difficult for me to play it. I had the exact same problem when we went over and played the arcade game, and I, I played the arcade game probably about as much this week as I played the Amiga version, and they're very similar. I mean, they really did their homework on this one, but factify they generally are, are a pretty respected company, so I'm mm. not terribly surprised that that they that it would play similarly. Now, what did you think of the whole concept of the, the little device that separates from your ship? Did you that, did you gain any garner any skill with using that? Um, well.
0: It's it's less of a question of did I garner any skill because I didn't have much skill to begin with.
1: Well, did you garner skill? But
0: um, but I think that the orb mechanic is much more interesting than just giving you a, a better gun or a bigger gun. You know, it's it's something it's something new and it's something different and that's what games in this genre need because there are so many of them.
1: Now, for me, one problem this game has is that if you lose those power ups, you're boned. I mean, I, let me rephrase that. I'm boned because I don't have the skill to not have them. Mm-hmm. Even with them, I'm boned, but I'm super-duper boned. It's one of those games, R-Type has a rep for being ridiculously hard, uh, which on the Amiga, put it on the pile, right? There's a lot of games like that. But uh, this one in particular, I found uh, difficult to the point that I was— smashing my desk in anger and wanting to jump up and kill somebody. It just drove me nuts. Dude, I, I would put it on Infinite Lives, okay? Because I, I knew I was no way I could do anything. I was trying to go as far as I could. Mm. And even with Infinite Lives, it was just God, just rock hard and frustrating as heck. You would have to really be a good hand. Uh, and forget about playing, like, I was playing this on an emulator. Uh, and that's out. You, I mean, I mean, you can put it on emulator, but you can't play with a keyboard. Mm-hmm. That's a no. That's a no sell. It's going to have, have to have a good joystick, something you're real comfortable with.
0: Another thing that we re- we discovered as we were playing this is that playing it with a joystick, um, at least in my experience, was not as fun as playing it with a control pad.
1: Yeah, we when we played this uh, for the Amigos plays, I had hooked up my uh, Super Nintendo to Amiga. Little conversion uh, box to the to my twelve hundred, and boy, that thing paid for itself. And one of the another beef I've got with this game is that you have to you. It doesn't have rapid fire, okay? So you have to just hit the button mm-hmm. a lot. And
0: when you're playing on an arcade machine, it's easy to hit that button over yeah. and over again. But when you're using a joystick, I mean, the button just isn't as conducive. It's to so that tiring. And the,
1: and the flip side of it is, one of the features of this game is if you hold, you can charge a, a super shot. There's a little meter at the bottom of the screen. You hold the button down, and the, and the meter fills up, and then you unleash this like big blow of, uh, of laser that can shoot multiple enemies to one shot, or mm-hmm. kill enemies that are more difficult to kill. And so you couldn't just build in rapid fire on the button. Some some of these games you just hit the hold the button down, and it automatically fires. The uh, one thing about the Super Nintendo uh, controller that I had is it one, it gives you four button control two buttons that are normal for the Amiga and then two that are automatically on rapid fire, that was a lifesaver. Without that, it's painful to play this game. And I mean, it was killing me. It was physically hurting my hand. It was I mm-hmm. was so much firing. It was just brutal. Uh, uh, which, you know, this, it was, <laughs> you can't, you can't not shoot for one second right. or you're screwed, right. you know. Uh, so, um this game, again, I mentioned earlier, this came out came out in 89. So this came out in the arcades in 87. So it wasn't too long of a turnaround. And like I said, this game was pretty well received in the arcades. So um, I looked over a bunch of the, of the different versions of the game, right? And, uh, and like I said, they had made it for a bunch of stuff. And actually, uh, the Amiga version is a, one of the better versions for the home market. Uh, a lot of people really like the C64 version of it. Uh, uh, that that people are you know, have a lot of respect for it. It's a good one. Uh, the X sixty eight thousand has a real good version, as you would imagine. Uh, this was a big game in Japan, you know, so I'm not surprised by that. Uh, and of oh, course, I think it
0: came from Japan. What? r type. It did. That's yeah. what I'm saying. That yeah. was
1: uh, so did the sixty eight thousand. Right. Oh, I see what you mean. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, uh, so uh, you know, so they had good ports, but the Amiga got one of the better ports. and probably got the best sounding port. The Atari ST version of this isn't bad, mm-hmm. uh, but the sound is nowhere near as good as the Amiga version. So if, if you're going to play this at home, this is not, this, you could do you could do much worse. Mm-hmm. Uh, but even like the some of the Chromier ports weren't bad. Uh, the uh, the Master System port looked pretty good. You know who to thunk it right? The yeah. Master System, right? But so that was we'll I have to neat. take a
0: look at a couple of the other ports next time we're over at the clubhouse. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. Um, so this game received a, some a lot of praise when it was released, uh, and the reviews for it on the Amiga side were pretty good. So, uh, most of the, most of the reviews on this thing, you can see how blind I'm getting, y'all. You're looking everywhere from the 80s to 90s. It was a well received game, and like I said, a lot of it was just the fact that it was so arcade perfect. Right. You know. Uh, we should mention the uh, uh, the title music on this, and the arcade, right, really didn't have a title music. And this, uh, the uh, uh, very popular, the very respected Chris Hulsbeck, Hulsbeck. Did the opening score? Uh, this is the same uh, Chris that was responsible for uh, music in Ghana sisters, the Turkins, uh, Monkey Island, and mm-hmm. tons of other stuff. So he did, and then the, oh, the rest of the music, from what I could tell, was ported direct was ported directly over from the arcade. The tunes are pretty identical. Uh, I was looking uh, through all the different soundtracks to pick some stuff out to to put in the intro and outro of the, of the uh, videos. And just was comparing the two, and the Amiga's music is—I mean, it stands up pretty well. I mean, it, it's right there with the arcade. If you put the Amiga, you could probably take this whole game and put it in an arcade, and no one would think twice about it. Yeah. And the load times were respectful. Mm-hmm. Something else we should mention that we discovered, uh, uh, and I guess we're the dumb guys, but we were—we thought you could have two players simultaneous. So for the longest time, we sat there in a vain attempt to start up player two. And it does have two-player, but it's hot seat. It doesn't have simultaneous play. And you've got to
0: share the joystick.
1: Yeah, that's kind of a bummer. Yeah, you know, a little bit, little bit of a bummer. Uh, I also think the box art's pretty slick on this. That's cool looking. You
0: know, it's funny because I couldn't find. I searched all over the internet and I cannot find an original Amiga box art for this game. Uh, this is a re-release, a seven ninety nine sort of budget title series. Yeah, so. this
1: this game had a had a uh, a budget release. Big box two was it one of the budget releases? Uh, so overall, boat that much. I mean. Does the, the fact that we stink at it and we're no good and it's rock hard, how does that affect your overall opinion of the game?
0: I can still respect a game that is too hard for me. I, I think that this is... Because <laughs> uh, they're all like that. Yeah, because many of them are. Um, this is not a game that... This is not a genre that I play for fun. Um, I no. find it to be incredibly frustrating, but yes. there are people that love this kind of game. They love training themselves to be able to, to do these on one credit. Um. I think as these types of games go, this is one of the best, Mm. Um, especially from this era, from that late 80s era where there were a ton of games like this. Um, I like sort of the, it's a combination of like organic matter that you're fighting against and also like mechanical stuff. Um, i think that your ship is very well drawn um, i think that the enemies are, are well drawn the art is good the music is 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 fine um i, I, I really I liked it actually i, I it really like the title music which is the the only you only hear it once but it's i good, like eh? that tune yeah, yeah
1: that, it's real good too i i, I kind of dug a lot of the music i i watched the whole game played and uh, i will say i like the different levels are are pretty interesting there's levels where you look like you're inside sort of like a giant machine there's levels where you fight these giant like uh, Spaceships that are flying around. You know, you have to shoot all the outsides of them off. That's level. There's like an organic level uh, where it's like more green type stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it, the, for a shooter, it's the levels are pretty interesting. Yeah, you know? this is
0: something that I think a game like this has over something like Blood Money, where it seems like I don't know. It's it just seemed like the Blood Money the um, the enemies were cool looking, but they were all sort of mono-color, and the the what do you the environments I guess. The environments just weren't as neat to look at. Well, as also times. the
1: enemies that say a Blood Money they are real. They, those patterns aren't real. Like uh, this game, it, it's part shooter, but it's also part. You have to play it to understand the path you mm-hmm. have to go on. Right. You know, and and so that's a unique element to it that uh, something like a Blood Money wouldn't really have, in, in, in my opinion. Uh, I, I mean, this is I think this is a superior game to Blood Money. Now, for example, or Menace. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, you know, again, it's it. it if you like the arcade version, you're in luck. Right. If you like, if you didn't like the arcade version, or you're not, or you're not into like shooters. They're gonna make you want to jump off a cliff. I'd, would take a pass. Yeah. yeah. On, on this one, uh, I did have a quick look on eBay just to see what kind of action it was getting. Um, and I, it, again, this is one you would think you'd see a lot of them out there, but there weren't. So, uh, the, uh, the, the Hit Squad version, which is the uh, re-release, the that, budget yeah. version, uh. The, not the compilation, just the budget. They had a budget release. Uh, I found a, uh, I found that in the UK for 50 bucks shipped. That's US dollars. Uh, I found an original box copy in France. They went 88 bucks. Wow. US shipped. So
0: that's. I can understand this game yeah. commanding those kind of prices though. It is a classic in the genre.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, 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 I and the, like I said, the I actually found the box, and it looks the box is awesome. The original box is it's real cool looking. So it's like that picture, but just you know, bigger. So we're gonna touch on r Type Two as well, real quick. Just, just they're, they're both sort of similar in a lot of ways, obviously. So r Type Two was released on the Amiga in '91, so a couple years later. Again, it came on one disc. Uh, and, uh, it was developed by a different outfit, which I thought was kind of interesting. Um, th- it was developed by an outfit called Arc Developments. Now, I don't think we've done any of their stuff. Uh, actually, you've played a couple of their games. Actually, we we both played a couple of Migos plays. They did a real weird variety of games, so check these games out. Arc Development. okay? You got Armalite, Beavers, <laughs> Crackdown, Dragon Breed, Forgotten World, so you got some ports in there. Liverpool. It's called Liverpool The Game. Wow. I don't know what that is. You might
0: need to check that out. Nick Faldo Golf. All right. Nick Faldo's Fighting Golf.
1: Predator 2, RoboZone, Scrabble. They did the Bart Simpsons versus games Bart Simpsons versus Space Mutants Mm -hmm. and Bart Simpsons versus the world. And in what truly must be the dud of their collection, they were responsible for the WWF European Rampage Tour. Oh, man. Oh, man inexcusable inexcusable <laughs> um, so uh, again this game is very very similar to r type 1 with some interesting adjustments though uh, number one um, this game I think looks better um, honestly I think it's got a better look to it uh, than r type 1 on the Amiga I think it looks it's more graphically pleasing to me to view I found this one easier to play. I don't know why. I think the first level is a lot, starts out a lot easier. That's probably one reason. Because that's, but I try. You know, I put on my cheat and got okay. Did okay. <clears throat> uh, another addition of this game, the power up bar that you had from the first game, uh, the uh, uh, the the beam bar where you hold down the button until it charges fully, then you can hit the super beam. Mm-hmm. This one has like a super duper beam. If you keep holding it, it'll fill that bar up again. So you, the old beam is still there. It just shoots a big fat beam across the screen. The Super Duper beam shoots this sort of—it uh, looks like a, like a DNA strand of fire that goes across. I spit so hard right there, trying to get that out. It's, it, it shoots crazily across the screen in a, in a wacky pattern, um, which is cool. Otherwise, it's the same basic gimmick. It's a side-scrolling sc- uh, shooter, and you uh, fight a, a variety of enemies and a boss. Um, <coughs> this didn't get the uh, conversions that the first one got. This one's out on o- uh, Android stuff, right? Uh, an Apple, iOS stuff. Uh, the Atari ST did get a port. This one's in the Xbox Live Arcade. <laughs> this one had an Ooyah release. I actually still own an Ooyah. No, I don't. I sold the Ooyah, But I've You got, sold the i got the who, game stick.
0: Who was foolish enough to buy it? I got a good Ooyah price for the Ooyah. Maybe it's going to be one of those weird things like it's a collector's item. Maybe I it's sold, the Vectrix of the 2000s. I saw the
1: writing on the wall of the Ooyah. I don't think it is. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, the PlayStation got a uh, you know conversion over as well, so that's it. So I mean, you'd think this would be on like the X sixty eight thousand. I guess by ninety, I guess by ninety two or ninety one, a lot of those systems were no longer, you know, being supported. Right. So it, that surprised me with the popularity of the first one. You know, I, I was I thought it'd be on a lot more stuff. Um, so again, this was done by iRAM. same exact stuff as before. Uh, there, I don't have a whole lot more to say about. R-Type 2, I played it. Like I said, it's I think it's got a smoother look to it. Um, it's got, I mean, some of the bosses in this are real wacky. I mean, the first game had some wacky bosses, but this one has some real wacky bosses, too. Giant mechs and weird lizardy looking stuff and weird organic masses. It's hard. It's Sounds just, like a Lovecraft novel. Yeah, it's crazy stuff. Now, this one had cool weapons. Like, it had different power-ups than the first one had. Um... To me it moved a little bit smoother. Yeah, that's you know? the biggest
0: the biggest thing for me is just everything seems to just be more smooth. And I don't maybe this it's a higher frame rate that it's running out. I can't explain exactly why I think that. But also everything is just at a higher resolution. There's more detail in everything.
1: Yeah, the your, the force gets cooler in this. You get more weapons and stuff where it could do more stuff. You know, I, I I would love to tell you that I could show you or demonstrate these things, but I've I've seen it done. I've it's read it's it. best
0: to left uh, leave uh, Zeus dead. Yeah, and, so, uh, world along It's um, for... it's a
1: it's, a, it's a, another game that don't get me wrong. It's still tough. The Amiga also there's cool like water um, effects in it that look nice. There's like so the backgrounds are are nicer looking, but of course this is '91. They've had a few more years to understand what the Amiga is yeah. capable of, yeah. you know, and what it can do. Uh, it's got six levels and. Uh, the uh, again each level has an end guy Uh, there was a game called super r-type that was released in 91 and that was in japan for the super famicom that's sort of a port of r-type too Uh, and it's also available on the virtual consoles again a big deal in the uh, in the uh in in japan it never came over here and also there's they ended up getting having a game Boy port that game boy port that only has five levels so the amiga version of this is considered the, the good, best. the good one mm-hmm. again. You know, the music again. It's pretty good. Pretty, sort of, a, sort of, a, kind of the same. Mm-hmm. You know, yep. these games are funny, from two different outfits uh, with two different staffs, but the, and the games they aren't entirely the same. But I mean, the spirit's still there. The I think of the original game, it doesn't. When I played it, I didn't think to myself, "Wow, this is anything like the first one." It's a lot like it mm-hmm. actually. Yeah, the force feels about the same. The uh, the levels are similar. I think the guys. I think the, the levels, aside from the fact that they're more visually pleasing, uh, I think the enemies are kind of more interesting in, in this one too. You know, but again, yeah, I it mean, it's be.
0: it's really the second part is an upgrade in every sense. In every sense.
1: Yeah, yeah, I, I agree. But now it's that much said. It, it never got the popularity of the first one. So yeah. You know, I don't know what that means. But again, if if I was a shooter fan, there maybe there are subtleties that I don't, I don't understand. But I don't I don't know. Uh, it reviewed also pretty well. Now, 80s right down the line, except for some, you know, some the usual suspects that had it in the 70s. Amiga Joker being the one that always looked to see if they killed it or not. Um, the uh, eBay also has this one, but again, this was even tougher to find, even more expensive. So, uh, if you're in Spain, you're in business. 90 bucks shipped. That's U.S. dollars. Uh, but it's the full box. If you're in Germany, you can get the disc only. It's only 26 bucks U.S. shipped for the disc. That's pretty pricey. Yeah. And the big dog. If you're in Germany and you really want R-Type 2, there's a dude on eBay selling it for 120 U.S. bucks shipped or best offer. So maybe you can maybe you can <laughs> talk them down a little bit, him down to maybe 100 bucks on that. Uh, but uh, probably of the two, uh, I would probably prefer R-Type 2. Just again, because I think it's a a little I mean, don't get me wrong when I say it's easier. It's not easier. It's just I can get a few seconds further Mm -hmm. than I can in the first one where I can get nowhere. Uh, If you're someone like me, uh, uh, a rapid-fire joysticks a necessity and also cheating early and often. There's plenty of trainers out. Uh, The first one, on R-Type 1, I could only find trainers that would give you infinite lives. On R-Type 2, I could actually find trainers that would actually let me not get hurt. So I could actually go through the game. You know, like a coward and see what was going on. Overall, I'm like you. I can enjoy or recommend a game that I'm horrible at, but man, these games both are so frustrating. It made me so mad. I would get so mad, and I would get killed in the same place over and over and over and over. And I would watch someone go through that section on the playthrough, and I'd go back and try it again, and just couldn't do it. Man. It was killing me. So, you know, eh, too hard for me. Yeah. Sorry to say.
0: Me too. Me too. It's, oh, uh, it's Oldness. Yeah, oldness. They're old and games. Just, we still stay. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's never been my genre. I'll let you know when I find my genre because yeah, I seem me. to be bad at, at most. Um, but uh, overall, I'm in the exact same boat. I would recommend this game to anybody that's a fan of horizontal shooters. as sort of the best of breed on the Amiga. Um, yes,
1: I'd say it's amongst the top ones. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: Well, uh, let's go ahead and move on towards the end of the show. Um, I want to remind everyone out there in listener land to follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and Google+, whatever your social media platform everything. of choice ICQ, is. ICQ,
1: AOL, everything. We're all over we're all
0: it. it. Instant Messenger Remember for, I, like, the next two weeks yeah. until they close it down. I
1: heard that was going away, and people were so sad. Oh, I'm sad. that was a horrible program. <laughs> hey. ICQ was a million times better, and they took it over and bloated it up, too.
0: So. Um,
1: AOL, did I mention that?
0: <laughs> I'm not surprised. Um... I want to take a second and thank our Patreon supporters. Um, If you would like to support our Wacky Show, you can head on over to patreon.com slash amigospodcast. Throw us a couple bucks every month, and it will help us keep
1: the lights on. Um, You can listen to our really idiotic ratings in the pre-show.
0: That's right. That's right. (laughs) Uh, We do a pre-show every week. Every week it gets longer Um, and more
1: pathetic. This week, the new world record
0: and uh and there's just a lot a lot of fun stuff that's involved for our patreon community as well as an audio feed of uh the pre-show as well for you to listen on your commute
1: i can't help but know if you picked your guitar so back up
0: that we're bringing it back oh man uh this is a tribute to one of your favorite bands that i can't stand and uh here we, we go back. Full hustle You're new from this world. Dream Kappa Christmas Grand mm-hmm. Bepty Lady Denson Adam Battersby Gary Huck O'Brien George and Randy and O'Brien's and Duncan Styles, Allen Kebab Anthony Thomas Tate from the Crip and Josh Nam Will Williams Adam Bradley Neil Mansell Ronis Rolo, THT Lamb, Tommy Homestead, and
1: Maracuda, Darren, warm, pixels at dawn. I liked it. I liked that. It's the best one you've done. Thank you. Thank it, you. it always slightly offended me. <laughs> you know, While you're appointed, I don't know why it's popping up in my head. We should mention that coming soon, it should be out next week or so, the Kickstart magazine will be out. Oh, I, yeah. I, I wonder mention that before the show was over. Uh, we've been in, we've been talking with the main man, and uh, there should be an R type uh, article in the magazine. Perfect time. Perfect, Perfect timing. timing. It should be. I'd say probably within the next week, he'll have it out. Pick it up, free, totally free, totally awesome magazine. Uh, available on everythingamiga.com. Our good boy does it. And he does a great job. Yeah. Don't you think?
0: Absolutely. I, I. That's one of the things that I look forward to every time. Download it. Fire right. it up on the John. App. Oh. Too much information, sorry. Oh,
1: <laughs> try to get that out of your head when you download meeting, the Kickstarter magazine.
0: All right, Aaron, next week it's my turn to pick, and yes. we're bringing it back to a sequel that I know you can't wait to try. Oh, no. We're going to play Zool 2. Zool 2? Zool 2. Electric
1: Boogaloo? <laughs> Electric Bugaloo. It's
0: going to be fun. He is an ant. Uh, He's not an ant. He is not an ant. He's a representative from an ant-like race. He's from the
1: nth dimension.
0: That's right. We're going to check it out.
1: Sounds like a plan, man.
0: Hey, if you want to check us out live, we record every Friday. <laughs> you can just
1: sit right down Except, here vote <laughs> and play a little concert.
0: Come on down. Um, we record every Friday at around 5 p.m. Eastern, uh, live on twitch.tv slash amigos podcast. Uh, I want to thank all of our fine folks here in the chat room. We've got uh, Art State Digital, Pixels at Dawn Gaming, Paul Kitching, Hasifa, um, and anyone else that I might have missed, thank you for uh, hanging out with us. You're always welcome in the chat as we do these uh, live shows. And of course, you hear
1: all our screw ups. Yeah, we uh, <laughs> we
0: export this to YouTube. You can always watch us after the fact on YouTube. Make sure you check out everythingamiga.com, and we will see you next week. Until then, adios. adios.